welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. On a very special episode, we dig up some daddy issues and come to term with our powers. It's invincible on Normies Like Us. Kids your age think they're invincible. You actually are invincible. You need to decide what kind of hero you want to be. I want to be just like you. This is the beginning of a long journey for you. Don't you understand? This is about progress, science, saving the human race from disease. You heard it up top, folks. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. On a heroic episode, we're talking a different kind of comic book universe when we talk Invincible, the new Amazon show and the comic here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, uh, Omni Colin. Uh, man, that was what I was going to do. I guess I'll be um, <laughs> Mike, Michael Head. Oh, man, I did not uh, prepare anything, but I am Jake Plode. <laughs> Jake no, explode. amazing. Jake Plode. Jake, yeah. Jake Plode was perfect. Mike Vincible, none of these things very quickly came to mind, the uh, thing we're talking about today. I, I was chilling on Omni Mike, thinking someone would do that, but then we could have also had Monster Cobb, but that didn't happen, so oh, right, I guess right. we just have to do our best. I was thinking of Rex Plode, my favorite uh, character. <laughs> That's right. Great that, character. Definitely some uh, interesting, colorful characters in this show, and honestly... Um, I, I probably like this more than I thought, just off the top. And Colin, you've been a big kind of proponent of this. You've been higher on this than you have been on Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, you know, t- tell us kind of... I what have. I've been uh, a little aggressive on my comic book content lately, mm-hmm. Normies. Uh, we live in a post-Snyderverse world. Maybe it's, maybe it's brainwashed me. I don't know what's going on. But you know I'm here for the hyperviolence. You know I'm here for a Robert... Kirkman comic book. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask up top. The last time we talked to Robert Kirkman, that was Walking Dead. Normies go back and listen, one of our Halloween episodes. Guys, they just wrapped up season two, uh, or season two, the season last, 12. or the second to last season, season 12, uh, a season they split because of COVID. And now this summer, they're coming back with their last season. Is anybody caught up on The Walking Dead? No. Wow. No way. <laughs> See, maybe this wow. is uh, why I was a little cold on the idea of Invincible, because I was a fan of The Walking Dead early on, and I, I had read some of the comic books, and um, it just I just fell off of it. It's almost like the supernatural route. Like, after, you know, nine or ten seasons, I'm just, I can't do it anymore. Um, so, right. I kind of did fall totally. off of The Walking Dead. So, I was pleasantly surprised, let's say, by how in a world saturated with superhero stuff by how refreshing this turned out to be. Like I actually did uh, mm-hmm. enjoy, especially if as someone who was in the camp of, you know, walking dead burnout, um, so to speak. Right. Well, the thing is with, uh, with the walking dead, you got to remember is so Robert Kirkland, he made the, uh, or Kirkman, he made the comics, right? So he he's not the showrunner of the show. He does have input on the show, but uh, if you're you know uh, comparing the show, uh, he doesn't really have as much to do with that as uh, with Invincible, where he wrote the original comic and he's like the overall showrunner, right? Ah, um, so creator, it's, it's producer, a, totally. Yeah, yeah. He's not the so Greg like that's Nicotero more, of Invincible, sure. Right, right, right. right. So it's a more. Uh, you know, direct adaptation of his, his own work. Um, for me, I didn't know that much about it going into it. So I was just like, oh, I knew it was made by Robert Kirkman. I knew it was about like superheroes. So really, it kind of got me the switcheroo of like, um, you know, it's like a standard hero's journey type thing. And then all of a sudden, there's all this violence and, uh, you know, the twist of his dad and everything. So that really got me because I wasn't expecting it at all. So I appreciate that. So I, I've been enjoying it so far. Yeah, yeah, surprise. So, so, Colin, thank you for being so aggressive into getting us to watch this. I have enjoyed it. We've got six episodes. Uh, I've watched all of them. Jacob, Colin, I assume you guys as well. And there's oh, yeah. two left. So I think what we'll do is talk where we're at on the season, a little background of the history of the comic book, which I don't know a whole lot about, and then uh, maybe predictions for, for what we're going to see in the Ooh. upcoming episodes, right? Totally, totally, Mike, totally normies. Spoilers, obviously, when we jump. But let's go ahead. Let's dive into Invincible. Coming up next.
Kapow, we're back. We're talking Invincible on Normies Like Us. That's right. The superhero show about a super teen going through super puberty. Uh, pretty good premise, if you ask me. Mike, you know, you we were just saying Walking Dead. Um, Robert Kirkman, his involvement in that show, like we were saying, not, not totally him, right? Mm-hmm. Jacob said too, much more involved in the the show of Invincible. Well, that's because if you're a comic book nerd, you would know this is what he considers his magnum opus, even though obviously Walking Dead has made him a very, very, very successful man. So he, he considers this kind of his his most personal work, his favorite kind of thing he's worked on. I, I totally I like that then he's taking more hands on approach because I think with The Walking Dead, especially if we think earlier earlier seasons were a little bit closer to the books at least in some of the major beats and stuff um the way he's able to take a genre and put an interesting spin on it and i think he did that with zombies that were kind of played out by the time the walking dead came back and like revitalized that genre and this is like feeling almost like another amazon show the boys like feeling like a fresh take but almost you know an animated version of that totally yeah, it's, it's very it's very fun and i again unexpected Totally. Yeah, I was going to make the uh, the boys comparison, too, because those are two kind of shows that are um, about superheroes, but also like commenting on the superhero genre. And they're kind of like a postmodern superhero take. Right. Yeah. So they do have a lot of similarities. I mean, do we have a quick rundown, let's say, of, of the history of the, the comic and like where this character is coming from Invincible and in, in the show played by Steve Yen? Uh, totally. So Robert Kirkman, again, normies, if you're not familiar with them. Famous comic book writer. And I'm not just talking about the stuff he creates. He's a Spider-Man writer. He's an in-house writer at Marvel and DC. He's going back and forth. Like a lot of these guys, he's not making a fucking dime. You know, it's just all freelance work. He's, he's not really getting paid for it. Image Comics comes to exist. I don't have the exact list of creators in front of me. But Image Comics is sort of a creator-owned comic book label. Jim Lee, a huge DC guy. Todd McFarlane. A huge Marvel guy, Spawn. I mean, that all comes from Image, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they buy up a lot of weird indie properties. So he just starts making Walking Dead for them. It's one of the most successful books of all time. And he literally comes on as one of the f- partners now, something they don't do outside of founders. Like, they take him in an image and say, okay, like, you just joined the top dogs. What is your next idea? What do you want to do? He's allowed to create an imprint that's sort of like a separate label that a comic book would put out that he would have more control over. It's called Skybound. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I'm a comic book nerd. Like literally what every one of these guys wants to do is do their own Marvel or DC, right? Right. So like, let me do a comic book superhero universe. And he comes up with like a super violent parody one, like we were saying. Yeah. I and mean, what do we think about this universe, Jacob? I mean, you know, like we say, it's a coming of age, but it's it's a, it's a little bit different. And, and obviously our focus of the series is the character of Invincible. Um, and yeah, right. what do you think? Nolan Grayson. Mark. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mark Son Grayson. of Nolan. Mark Grayson? <laughs> oh, right, right. Um, Which the Graysons yeah, like, is, you know, like, an, uh, starting, you know, comic nod to Batman. He's a nerd, right. Mike. Yeah, yeah. Come Jack on. Grayson. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, you know, I was kind of uh, taken, you know, by surprise by the violence because, uh, I mean, there is like a warning at the beginning of the first episode, but I didn't really, I guess I didn't notice that. And then it starts out as like a typical, you know, kid getting his superpowers, coming to age kind of thing. And then all of a sudden there's, um, you know, a ton of graphic violence and, uh, well, we said spoilers, right? But basically the first episode ends with... Uh, Mark's dad, who's like the Superman of this universe. Omni-Man, yeah. Basically massacring the entire Justice League, right? Yeah, totally. Or their version of the Justice League. So that kind of took me by surprise. And I I thought, well, that was pretty crazy. So I guess that gave me the hook to keep watching. I mean, I was probably going to watch anyways, but like, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of cute. You know, it's fun. It's like a little superhero thing. And then all of a sudden it kind of took a left turn. So that's what really hooked me into uh, watching the rest of it. Yeah. It presents up this interesting mystery. You know, it introduces us to Mark and his, his father, Nolan Omni-Man is the Superman figure. And then, you know, 
with this new Justice League and they, they set it up as if like they do a whole battle with this pseudo Justice League and you think they're going to stick around right. for a long time and they, they pull the rug right. It's like Scream, you know, and they, they set it up in the first act totally, and then kill, totally. kill that character can, can I ask, do you guys like the one-to-one nature? Like, Jacob, when you're seeing like literally, it's a fish guy. He's the parody of yeah. Aquaman. You know, does well, that there's some that were you? Some were really funny for me, like the Russian... Uh, the Russian Flash yes. guy, and then Red uh, Rush, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's one guy that's like a combination of like Vandal Savage and Superman or something, like the, the leader immortal. of the team. Yeah, so he's taking Vandal Savage's powers, which is interesting. But um, another fun fact about that that superhero team that I thought was really fun is the voice acting. Right, there's a lot of really good voice acting and big names in this show, but the that group uh, that get, all gets killed in the first episode. All voiced by Walking Dead uh, yes. actors. Oh. You did so, point that out to me. That's yeah. Incredible. So we have Glenn doing the main character, right? Then all the all of them are different uh, actors that were on, on the Walking Dead at one point, and uh, even some other characters are Walking Dead. So there's a lot of uh, you know uh, Walking Dead family alumni, involved, so right? That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Get Andrew Lincoln on this thing. Come on. Right, right. Yeah, right. Because dulcet tones, he could be a, the fishman. He could have talked all about coral. But they they missed that opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been the like meme. the fishman is uh, um, Aaron from The Walking Dead, and then yes. uh, they're all just um, even uh, Michael uh, Michael Burnham from Star Trek and uh, from The Walking Dead. Uh, Sasha, she's she plays a character. That's so. right. She's both those. Uh, it's pretty cool. Not the only Star yeah. Trek cameo, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, yes. That's my back pocket. Right. Yeah, I, I thought this is an interesting twist, and especially because I'm looking at it on its face, the premise feels like you know it's. Spider-Man, but Superman's his dad. But then to twist, but also Superman might be evil. And now there's this mystery. So it's like, you know. Yes. But it, but it is that. teen. Can he balance his teen life and dating? Colin, like, what do you think about kind of the execution of this? Well, it, I, I just want to even say to the setup, Mike, you know, I did. Normies, I urge you to go back and listen to our boys episode. I, I listened to it right before this one. Mm. Unlike Umbrella Academy. You know, Jacob, you pointed out, you know, in the boys episode, Umbrella Academy, um, the boys, it seems like they're really changing the material for the better, right? Umbrella Academy, that's because there wasn't really that much to adapt, really. It's it's just kind of an empty thing. The setup of the boys is the Dark Justice League. You know, we are getting right. the parody. This is the parody of the superhero genre. That is what Invincible and the boys have in common. But that setup of... Well, the Superman stand in Homelander, what if he was just a psychopath? Yeah, that is cool and interesting, but Invincible to make it, yeah, what if he is kind of a psychopath, but what if that fucking psychopath has a Superboy? What if he has a family that he has to tangibly hold on to onto this planet? Can he balance that too? I like that he's not alone. Yeah, I mean, it seems like almost his plan was... His plan went awry because he fell in love with a human woman and that like complicated things. And now he's kind of having to deal with that while still, uh, you know, doing his plan. Um, but it's interesting because obviously the big tension of things is like, oh, when Mark finds out what's going on, is he going to side with, you know, his mom and the humans or is he going to side with his dad? Um, you know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, totally. The- the murder of the guardians of, of Earth or whatever that uh, they have some pseudonym Guardians of the Globe Guardians of the Globe right the GGs um, you know it starts an investigation they got a, a Hellboy analog this demon detective is very interesting yeah, so and so we're slowly unraveling the threads and I like even that the mother gets involved so that the human character has something to contribute to the story and she's kind of unraveling things as well and it's doing a very good job of balancing. Let, you guys are totally hitting plot points. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Let's step back for a second. Let me ask you this question. Mike, have you read this comic book at all? Good question. And no. <laughs> Go back and listen to any episode. Jacob, have you read this comic book at all? No, I have not. Have you? I got a handful of trades. Literally, it's just things my brother handed off to okay. me when he went away to college. Literally, I've got the fucking for sale sticker on these guys. September 2008. So kind of around the time it was popping up. Kind of on that train. Nice. Uh just worth pointing out, because you guys are so like, oh, it's interesting this is happening, it's interesting this is happening. I would urge any normies, and you guys as well, if you're watching this and you think you know where the story is headed, I promise you it is so much sweeter and there are so many more turns. And maybe don't spoil yourself. I'm happy to talk about mm. what we're going to talk about today, but very purposely, 
did not send you guys any videos that were right. like the history of Invincible or anything like that. Uh, don't dig into it too much. It is a fun story to let play out. Well, Colin, we were talking a little bit off pod and you, you said that like the pace they're going through the comic storylines is like so much faster than you would think. Yes. Mm. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. Jacob, it's my only worry about it because it is so rich in the book. I, when people say it's Kirkman's best and he's so proud of it, again, you guys are looking and thinking like, well, no, it has to be that thing where a guy yells coral and cuts a zombie's head off because I've known what that was for the past 10 years and it redefined a genre. But I swear right. to God, it is such a fucking good comic book. And it's one of the rare times I, I did not say on the boys read the books. I, in fact, very explicitly said, stay away. Garth Ennis is a maniac mm -hmm. like these. Yeah. I really do recommend you check out. That's that's actually a nice. really interesting thing that you bring up because as I'm watching these episodes, I'm really enjoying them. And I'm, I started the first one, then back to back to back, and they're introducing so many characters that I find super fascinating, like like the clones, for example. Yeah. And it's like there's just so little backstory, but uh, you can tell it's rich. But like I want more, and the show is moving quick. But I, I'm I'm fascinated by everything in this universe, so it's good to know there's more. Yeah, in the, the book. world. Yeah, the world feels really fleshed out and um yeah um i thought it'd be watered down right like it's like this like a thin analog of some comic universe but it's not it, it's right. deep and fully realized and i really appreciate that even if it's the one-to-one yeah, -one, i still think there's something worth to go like oh that's the adam character shrinking ray that's kind of funny you know there there is entertainment just in that if you're just that base Right. And I think that's the other thing that um, it shares in common with the, the boys is like they both feel like even though they are parody and they're like commenting on the superhero genre, they do feel like fleshed out real worlds. Um, so I appreciate that. The other thing, too, is I think there's inventive use of of powers you know like even on the mm. level of just the domestic stuff with um omni man it's like the fact he's like oh go to rome and get this pasta and then go over here and like you of course you would do that right if you were married and like you could fly around the world you could go get that's the first thing i would do i'd be getting you know sushi in tokyo right now I like seeing, you know, just that because that is a very unique take on superpowers, Mike. You don't see that stuff. I like seeing the fearlessness when he's on that date with his wife and she's saying, please save us, please save us, please save us. And he goes, I'm not working. You know, I'm also not scared. I'm here and I'm present with you right now. That is such a scary take on reality, <laughs> heightened reality. Yeah, right? I'm off the clock. You know, right. this isn't, you know, my problem. I'm here with my wife. Right. And it's like. An alien invasion, happening. right? And we don't know, uh, we don't know Omni Man's true motives, but um, he might be, you know, uh, crazy. He might be a sociopath, but uh, he is from a planet called Viltrumites, so he might be the uh, Viltrumites. Let's get into the casting, Jacob. Again, yeah. in the boys episode, you had kind of said. Giancarlo Esposito, are you going to do this forever? This kind of typecasting. I pose this to you, Jacob. J.K. Simmons. Is this kind of typecasting as Omni Man? Well, he's a lot. He's had a lot of roles that are maybe similar, but I, I don't think he's as typecast because he can. He has a lot of range uh, in different movies. You know, if you think about like uh, Whiplash, I mean, that's kind of his most mm. iconic role at this point. But uh, he can also um, do, you know, other kind of roles like where we he, are farmers. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah, exactly. He's in that. Um, you know. Uh, he, you know, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I guess that's kind of similar too. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he is a little typecast. But do you uh, like him as Omni Man, though? Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the standout parts of this whole show is the voice cast as a whole, because it's just so. I mean, there's so many big names in here, even for like little cameos. It's kind of crazy, but definitely um, J.K. Simmons, Sandra O. Oh, uh, are great. But then you even get like Mark Hamill. You know, as a minor character, you yeah. get, you know, all these big names. So it's kind of amazing. And the other thing I was going to say is like, so obviously watching on Amazon, not to shill for Amazon <laughs> or anything, but uh, what's cool about it is when you, you can actually pause it at certain points and you can see um, 
like not only you can see the the voice cast, um, you can also see like trivia, right? So they'll say like, Get oh, this extra. suit, this suit was you know Invincible suit in this issue. Um, you know, it's like a like a so there's a lot of fun trivia like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I got again not to chill Amazon, but it is cool having that X-ray feature. Seeing like you know, right. Jillian Andrews, I believe from. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, Gillian, Gillian Jacobs, Jacobs from Community. Uh, yeah, yeah, very talented voice cast. Yeah, a lot of yeah, and then like you said, even uh, Zachary Quinto, another Star uh, Trek Spock from the J.J. Yep. Abrams. I guess yep. to get the last Amazing. one out of the way, I was saying Battle Beast, Michael Dorn, the guy oh, who that's uh, right. yeah. beats up uh, on our hero, basically, and then gets yeah. bored. Yeah, Thok the Battle Beast. It's uh, probably my favorite. Robert Kirkman creates for different comic book who just injects this. I don't know if you guys know this, but like he does that a lot. He has a lot of that imprint skybound when you're like, Oh, I bet he's only like made like, like five comics, right? Technically there's another show of Robert Kirkman's. We could cover in a future episode called outcast on stars about like possession. I don't know if we ever will maybe for Halloween or something, but that takes uh, place in the same universe as this. No, it's just just this idea of, you know, things that he has produced. That's a live-action TV oh, show. Wow. Mm. Thok the Battle Beast is just in other stuff. Uh, this character, Savage Dragon, which is the character or the comic book that Invincible himself first appeared in, is just this weird thing that this guy, I believe, named Richard Lawson created an image. You know, there is this whole image verse, I yeah, would call it. Yeah, Savage Dragon is the guy wow. with like a, a mohawk. It's like a Finn mohawk. He's all green. He was a weird one in the 90s when we would go to comic book stores. A lot of the people who owned the shops would love Savage Dragon, have like huge posters of him. The entire hook is, what if Superman, he's like a big green monster, but he's kind of like he came to our plane or whatever. What if he just joined the Chicago PD and he had to be a cop and had to like, you know, follow the jurisdiction of it. So weird. again, image, if, if you're looking for like dumb takes on stuff you know it's 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 different than marvel and dc that's all it's nice well back to touch on jk simmons and the voice casting and mentioning that robert kirkman has another live action show do you like him i do like him because you know talking about the boys it's like do we wish this could have been live action which i'll let you guys answer here in a second and maybe but i like that for example we can have jk simmons in a role that maybe he physically would not be able to do no no offense (laughs) but you know with action scenes and you know but lending his voice to a character you know like omni man it it fits really well so in that way i think the animated style really suits it yeah i think um i mean i would prefer a show like this be animated because you can do so much more with animation for a lot less money like you know you can do the scale and stuff like that which with live action you need millions of dollars to do uh you know large scale battles and that sort of thing so i think there's a lot more you can do with animation going to mount rushmore all the locations yeah for sure yeah and the comic book has those scenes but when people describe it as violent they say it's known for its outrageous blood and gore and stuff it's really like tight it's like these really close-up panels or almost like medium shots where you'll just sort of see still action and like explosions in the background so to see fluidity to it you know i love that it's animated i love animated shows i worry sometimes budget wise and, and that it's such a weird short episode order sometimes I don't think the character animations are just the background conversation stuff looks good, but then there's one action scene in an episode that looks incredible. So it's kind of worth it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Get into the animation paradox. Where do we spend our money? If someone's talking, let's only yeah. move their mouth. The old anime uh, technique. Do we need right. every character? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just those things you ask yourselves. We talked about it in the Aladdin episode, but there's this, these things that you go through, recycling the voice cast, the fact that they have such a large one now for such a large ensemble, I would wonder if that will always stay that way. You know, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I love it. Well, the fact that we just had an episode where the guest star was Ezra Miller, the Flash, as a guy who right. makes, you know, sex zombies in a basement. It's like, I, this is almost incredible. Or that Seth Rogen, which we should say, this is the third comic book adaptation of Rogan and Goldberg. We talked about Preacher. We didn't do an episode, but we brought it up in mm-hmm. The Boys. They're also responsible for The Boys as well. But their second Amazon product with The Boys live action and this animated. And 
You know, I love having Seth Rogen as Alan the alien, who, believe it or not, in the comic books is like the secondary character. Like he's like a huge role in it. And it's like, that'll be fun to see. Yeah. And I think with having, you know, it be animated, you can get these big name guest stars to like, like Ezra Miller to do an episode. Right. And like, it's much easier to get them just to record some voice lines rather than come in and shoot a bunch of stuff. So totally. that's how you can have Mark Hamill, who obviously you might know him as Luke Skywalker, but uh, in voice acting circles, he's almost as famous for, you know, being the Joker, right? During the motherfucking Conroy voice Arkham games, they get yeah. Mark Hamill back and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So he's, you know, he's an iconic voice actor. So to get him even in a small part and to get some of these other actors, like, I think Especially it's really cool. Especially for comic Very fans. Cool. It's like, it's almost a stamp of approval to get Mark Hamill's voice on something that you worked on. Like, I would be very proud of that if I was the creator right. of this, you know? Yeah. Totally. And Jacob said the voice cast, I'll be honest with you, when I read these things now, as I have re-picked them up as I'm watching along, I just insert their voices in. It's not me doing dumb voices in my head anymore. I can be like, Steve, Steven Young who's about to be an Academy Award winner, let's say, is awesome as Mark. Well, I don't know and if he's going to win. I'm very happy to replace him. How dare you? <laughs> I, mean, I hope he Nominated does. Nominated very well could. But yeah, I think he does yeah. a great job here with Mark. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, um, you know, he's a little older than the character, but that's okay. I mean, with, anima- yeah. with uh, animation, you can really do anything. So he might be, you know, in his 30s, but he can play a, a high school student and you don't even notice. How about Mahersha Ali coming in as Titan, a very Another cool boy, character. With a twist. A two-time Oscar winner. I, I mean, a huge Blade. talent coming in to be like, eh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a character in like two episodes. Titan's somebody who's in a ton of run of the comics. It takes a lot longer to get there. Much more of a direct human torch meets the thing parody as well. He has to say the magic phrase, rock on, to turn his rock power on in the comics. Very happy they didn't oh, wow. do that. <laughs> That's good. Un- oh, he's kind of like Shazam. Unlike making Cyborg say booyah in the... <laughs> Don't you dare make him <laughs> no, do that, right. Mike. He will <laughs> no. sue you. But uh, I, I loved it. I thought that was the best episode by far because this breakneck pace that they had been going for the first two to go. Okay, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. Let's slow down. We get that entire montage of Titan up top where we're just on him for a while. We don't even see Mark. We don't even see Nolan or what they're up to. Mm-hmm. Then we get a very fully fleshed out episode about a character. I really liked that one. Yeah, I I love yeah. this episode and especially the way they take tropes and twist them around. You know, the, the whole episode is Mark wants to be a hero. Nolan's saying, don't do it. His mother's saying, it's never beneath you to help someone. Lo and behold, he was, you know, being manipulated the entire time. It is beneath right? you. And so he should have trusted right. his dad, but... On the other side, Michael Dorn gonna fuck yeah. you up, and you get the uh, you get the sympathetic backstory of mm-hmm. Titan. So you think, oh, obviously this character is you know a good guy, but uh, then at the end, the twist is like, oh, he is do. I mean, he's doing it for his family, but also like he, you know, he's not exactly a hundred percent a good guy, right? Yeah. So um, I haven't it's seen it, more but it's like the look. wire, Jacob, right? Yeah. Where it's like if oh, you got to plug up those holes of villainy, maybe I'm the guy who plugs up the hole. Right, yeah. it's all part of the game. But uh, I also really like the villain in that episode, like the machine head oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of like a, a crime boss, but he's also a robot, so he talks and, like a robot. But he's auto-tuned, too, really so funny. there's a melodic quality yeah, to it, which clever. I don't know if that would read in the and comic. And you're reading that, Mike, you're not like, I bet he's auto-tuned. Yeah. Auto-tuned didn't exist in 2007 <laughs> right. when I was fucking reading yeah. these books. So now so that's it's a great way hilarious. to portray the... the uh, you know, machine voice. Like I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And just a fun power of like, yeah, I just calculate possibilities and am prepared for every outcome. That's a very D and D thing. Like dragons will do that. (laughs) They'll just lie in their treasure room and think of every way someone might attack them. And they are always prepared, (laughs) you know, Mike always thinking what dragons are picking. Now, we talked action for a little bit, and we kind of talked, you know, animation, what it looks like. Obviously, the other pull of this is the soap opera-esque drama or the fact that it is a kid growing up, right? Every few episodes, we get the relationship drama. 
We get stuff with him trying to maintain a job as a kid. He's late everywhere he goes. He's making everyone in his life more frustrated. And this one, he kind of couldn't even go on a college field trip. And his, his friend, Adam Eve, realized she can't go to college with this lifestyle and these superpowers. Seeing that juggle, do you guys like this sort of take on it too? Yeah, I mean, the the thing with the girlfriend where it's like, oh, you know, he, he's always late, he's not appearing, like, eventually, like, I, we've seen that, like, a million different times with superhero stories, it's right? Run so that's kind of on you, right? Yeah. yeah. So, that's a little uh, been there, seen that before, you know, eventually, you know, she has to either find his find out about his powers or they'll break up or whatever, but, um, you know, that was kind of done after, like, Spider-Man you know, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, I feel like, the movies, so... You'll never but, top... Uh, uh, otherwise, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't go to MJ's theater performance scene, but, you right. know... Right, exactly. <laughs> it yeah. flirts with it, <laughs> no. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's typical comic book stuff, and uh, I think, as a whole, it all it works together. And that's why so. I said at the top, that's where the uh, Spider-Man but Superman is his dad parallel. It's really the balancing totally. of high school life and your new responsibilities and... It does a good job. We, we've seen this kind of thing, but I think it does enough, I think because of the, brute, the brutal nature of what he encounters to give it some more kind of weight uh, right. to it. But it is, you know, we've seen sure. it, but it has its own flavor. Yeah, I kind of just tolerate that stuff because I'm more interested in like the weirder stuff of like just the universe and like his dad's motives and like the, the Hellboy <laughs> character the hellboy meets Amazing. rorschach type detective character that's mm -hmm. great um you know there's there's a lot of cool stuff in this universe that i'm like oh like what's that all about yeah. like the, the martian stuff so there's a lot of stuff that that they could dive into more that i would be like really yeah, interested hellboy in. detectives got his uh, notebook as a necronomicon you know it's, it's like mike right what an amazing detail clancy brown maybe my favorite actor of all time character actor extraordinaire so happy that he's in mm -hmm. this um, and again, that kind of takes an angle where did you guys see that coming, that he would be given up so early to maintain the status quo that the government is still trying to research Omni-Man, but we got to kind of get him off the scent, too. Yeah. Right. Well, I think uh, the, you know, the Walton Goggins character, the uh, Nick Fury or, or whoever, if you will, of this universe, kind of, he already knows that Omni-Man killed them, right? He just is trying to figure out why and what how they can stop omni man if they have to and also if they can right and also they want to try to get mark on their side because mark might be the only thing that can stop his father yep yep and then we have the aptly named robot he's trying to figure some stuff out too an interesting take there mike zachary quinto we mentioned him before uh somebody I always like i mean Siler, i've said i'm a self-professed huge fan stuff. of those jj yeah Yep. Guys, Siler, come on. One of the best characters of all <laughs> yeah. time, Heroes episode. I thought it was cool. But uh, again, the, the draw of the comics is Robot's the leader of the teen team for a while. And, you know, when he reassembles the Guardians of the Globe, he is on the up and up because he is just Robot. And to see him go bad so quick is sort of a, yeah, let's get there. Because he kind of ends up right. being pretty important oh. to that world. Yeah, and we don't even know his true motivations yet. I mean, we know he helped those clone guys escape because he wants their cloning technology, but we don't know what for. And then we also see a more sympathetic side of him where he's, you know, kind of nursing uh, Monster Girl back to health and all this stuff. So he obviously does have, like, human characteristics, even though he is a robot. Um, so I'm very interested in his character and where, where they're going with that as well. Yeah, but yeah, where, where can we get Love a guy it. with uh, no emotion in his, uh, Spock, get the, get the Spock guy, you know, <laughs> right. Dude, that's great. <laughs> it's so we actually had Spock and Spock's sister in this that's show. Right. Well, that yeah. Wow. Oh God, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> Wait, she's Spock's sister on that show? Adopted sister, right? Yeah, she's... She gets adopted, yeah, adopted by their sister. Wow. Well, because Spock is half human because his mom is human. And then I think, yeah, she gets adopted by Serac. She's universe. very important to the universe. She goes time travel, but that's another show. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> All right. Well, back here. The Mahler twins, Kevin Michael Richardson, just kind of a veteran voice actor. Uh, Cleveland Jr. from the Cleveland show. I'll shout that out. You know, he's done a million things as the Mahler twins. Sure. Super hilarious. Their introduction 
in that first episode where they're attacking the White House, and you get Secret Service agent John Hamm. Right. Or, That's like the you first know, voice you hear on the show is John Hamm. It's like, like what? what are you set up to even believe that this show is Jacob? Because it's like, he's not coming back. Or maybe he is. Like, ah, I don't think he is. It's like George right, Clooney yeah. being the I dog mean, in South Park. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is good. It's good. Yeah. I mean... I I think that's the strength. Like, those clone brothers, like, the way they're just like, I'm the original. And, like, just little stuff like that. Like, it's it's things that I've never seen before. It's a funny take yeah, on I, it. The, um, the aliens that just get old for no reason. And then they keep going back and trying yeah. to figure it out. Like, it's awesome. It's interesting. Mike, Rex <laughs> yeah. Splode, you know, the, the yes. Gambit character of the universe. Gambit is a Lothario in Marvel. Oh, Mon Cher, he's always grabbing Rogue's ass. What if you actually saw him have the implications in Fallout of being sort of a Lothario card, right? And he has this threesome with Duplicate, and it's ruining things. Like, Adam Eve will not be on the superhero team because of that. You wouldn't get that in Marvel Comics. Yeah, the X-Men right. would always And again, voiced by uh, Jason Manzoukas, our, our favorite big fan favorite um i yeah those alien invaders that kept aging that was that was really funny that almost felt like out of a rick and morty or something where it's just like a wacky sci-fi zone a rick and morty you're totally right that that's just a perfect one-off the thing on mars that's kind of like starro something we'll be talking about Mm -hmm. suicide squad that just takes over human beings a very interesting cool sci-fi concept again robert kirkman is a good writer I know that's shocking to say about this generation of people like him and Michael Bendis and all these other people who now people just kind of roll their eyes at. But there's a reason he made 194 issues of The Walking Dead and 140 issues of Invincible. And the cool thing about Invincible that I should say as well is that it was designed with an ending in sight. He looks at Mark's story and goes... I know where this is heading. So it's not this big open world where you're going to get this different interpretation of, well, you know, what's this guy's opinion of the Invincible Universe? No, for the most part, it's just Ryan Ryan Otley, the guy who did the art for it as well, pretty much the whole time. Like, it's a very singular vision of this team. Nice. Right. So here's the thing. To compare it to something like Walking Dead, the TV show, Mm -hmm. the problem with that is like they were, they started out adapting the storylines from the comics, but then after a certain point, they kind of just did whatever. Like sometimes they used stuff from the comics, sometimes they split off and they also slowed events down a lot. Like with the Negan introduction, Negan became the big bad for like three or four seasons when he was, you know, in the comics uh, the the pace was a lot faster. So, like, they slowed his storyline down to, like, four seasons. Negan is such a perfect example, Jacob. I was going to say Michonne. There was these moments where Robert Kirkman would create a really cool character in the comic books. And the Walking Dead producers would be like, well, we got to get this character in there right. now. And they'd be like, well, no, we're, like, four arcs, quote-unquote, away from figuring that out. And there's all these logistics. And the producers would just say... No, we got to get him in there now. And you could feel that. That is my big fear for Invincible. But again, he's got more creative controls. So hopefully Jeff Bezos isn't going to say, well, you know, we got to get to the good stuff. That being said, Mike said there's only two episodes left. Mm -hmm. It's what a nine episode order has not been renewed for a season two yet. Mm. Do you guys want more? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends on where it's going. And is it nine? I thought it was eight episodes, but I could be wrong because I was just eight, eight total. So, yeah, there's two left. Hmm. The Falcon model, yeah. I guess. Right? Or what did they right. get? Six? They got six. WandaVision was eight. Who knows? Go back and listen mm-hmm. to our episodes. We have the right answers in those. Well, that's the thing is, uh, you know, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching this show every week and I'm watching Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I like this show better. So, I'd rather get another season of this you know, then watch more. Not that, you Agreed. know, there's, I'm totally hating, you know, that other show, but uh, it's just, you know, this one's to me, it's more engaging at this point. We say it's the, the deluge of superhero content. Does this stand out even? So Mike, you're saying you're maybe not even sold on another season yet, but are you racing to watch this one over some other stuff? Is Invincible standing out? Yeah. Too? I mean, let me tell you, as we were getting ready for this episode, again, I was probably the most skeptical of us three as to whether I would, 
like it. And as soon as I started the first episode, it was next, next, next. And when I got to the end of six, I was like, no, I'm not done, am I? Like, I, I was totally hooked by the premise, <laughs> the characters, the world. And, and I like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, too. But this is definitely something that's high up on my priority list for as soon as it comes out, I'm, I'm ready to watch. And I would be interested, depending mm. on where this ends, I don't know where it's going. But if it ends in a point that warrants a continuation, yeah. And, but if they can wrap everything up and you know, the next two episodes, I'm okay with that too. As long as it's a satisfying conclusion, whether that takes one season or two or three, yeah. I'm, I'm open for it. Well, it sounds like there's a lot more story to go. So I think they definitely have more for season two and, and so yeah, on. Yeah, but even for... It's just, I guess, there's a question of it's, if it's popular enough. Yeah, and if, as Colin says, they are moving quickly, that... Because even thinking about this last episode six with the uh, the robot maker who, who dubs frat boys, you know, it's like that could have been like a couple episode arc of like figuring that out like in another show but in this it's introduced and solved right done and and that's happened a couple right, of times you gotta get through yeah. it. well i think the big the overarching mystery of his dad right that still has not been answered so do you do you think that we're going to get the answers to that in the season finale or do you think there's going to be a cliffhanger and uh what do you think you know i i was saying to jacob mike you know there are events in the comic books, just the rearranging of how things happen that happens so much before he even goes to Mars, where you get that answer, Jacob, of kind of, you know, that I would say it has to be building towards that. You know, it's it's kind of like you said, it's the plot of this season, quote unquote. But, uh, you know, it seems like it seems like that's what the cell was, because I always I, I don't know, guys, I always look back and I think about the tick <laughs> where I look at that and I'm like, there was Amazon's first try at a superhero show. It got no buzz. It didn't do right. anything. And we live in this culture now where God bless fucking Marvel, but every fucking dumb episode of fucking shit that they put out makes a meme, which is the most important thing to do. Every week mm-hmm. now, somebody says it was Agatha all along mm-hmm. or they right. do a dumb Falcon and Winter Soldier thing. What's their meme, I guess? uh, Zemo dancing? Zemo dancing, the fact that they got that out so fast, I would say yes, Jacob. There's also the walker of it all, literally like the how you see yourself, a picture of Steve, what you are, a picture of Walker, right? People do that shit. Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't even get that shit. You know, as hard as that hive of people tried, they didn't. When I look on online awareness or culture or what it's doing, it doesn't seem like Invincible's doing anything other than a bunch of like comic book fans who are like, finally, oh my God, it's so good. Like I looked at Letterboxd where you can't even really do TV shows, but somebody has added Invincible. Sometimes they'll do that. And the comments are all, yes, 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 yes. Me want, me want, me so happy. And it's just that that group of people is getting satisfied. I hope it satisfies a larger group of people. Well, let yeah. me let me throw this at you then. You have the boys, you know, pretty yeah. close comparison. So that was Amazon but doing a superhero so show. Popular, yeah, yeah. But that was popular. But that was not something that seemed like it was going to be hugely popular before it came out. But then it actually kind of gained an audience because it was just good, and through word of mouth, people started watching it. So, yes. and that did end up getting some kind of you know memes and cultural relevancy with girls uh, get it done i would say by season two jacob mm-hmm. if this is what you're asking you're totally right it grew like crazy right. and you have, have to um, get there yeah um you know you have the nazi lady like she was talked about a lot online and then you have totally. um uh yeah but so i think invincible to to gain more it needs better word of mouth i guess to get people watching yes. it and then it, it it needs some something buzzworthy like that and that starts uh, some huge thing needs to happen you guys kind of keep hinting at maybe there's going to be a confrontation between the dad and the son would that be big enough to be that buzzworthy moment to you like oh my god you know if somebody hashtag child abuse starts <laughs> you know like trending because it's such an all-out brawl you know it's like i, I don't know i don't know how they could do it I I think, yeah, it's going to probably come down to word of mouth, which starts with uh, you listeners. If you like the show, tell people about it, right? Like the same way we're trying to tell people about it. Uh, But the finale of this season, if it does something like really profound and powerful, whether that's a confrontation, like (sighs) how that lands is going to dictate how you can pitch it to other people to watch it. Like, 
you can't tell anybody, you know, you should watch Game of Thrones from start to finish anymore. Right. So we, no, we need, right, they need right. to stick the landing on the end of this season and that will give it a chance to grow into what the boys season two eventually became. Maybe because it's kind of just the one thing it's got right now. Right. We're like, if I if I said to you guys, oh, you know, Disney Plus has this awesome animated Silver Surfer show. It's so cool. Would you run to check that out right away as much as if I said, and there's some really cool, like, Castlevania-esque violent animated scenes? You know, like, that's the thing, but even that's not enough. That is true. It's walking the line of these two niches, of, of the superhero subgenre and then the animated for adult subgenre. And, and that's a yes. tricky place to be, I think, to grow something, you know. Right. Totally. But I hope it does. I'm enjoying it so far. And that, at the Castlevania We're meditating apps. on it. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, is it the first thing we've we've covered in a while that hasn't talked about podcasting? They don't they don't talk about podcasting, do they? <laughs> they I don't should. think they've mentioned it so <laughs> they far. Should, they should be an episode. <laughs> it is contemporary. Where the, the Mighty Ducks podcasters and the Godzilla podcasters team up to podcast about Invincible. Yeah. All right. We've been yeah. caught podcasting about Invincible. I say let's jump over to our final thoughts now. We'll talk our last thoughts here on Invincible. On normies like us. What for? You can begin to be off my feet, but I won't stop now. You can take a seat. You can begin to be off my feet, but I won't stop now. You can take a seat. We're super back on super normies like us <laughs> talking invincible. Amazon's in the comic. Uh we're doing final thoughts here. I'll throw it out to you guys first, Even, Do you like the name Invincible? Do you like his powers? Do you like his costume? And do you like that the, every episode starts with, by the way, I'm Invincible. Right. No one says it. Just the title card. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I think um, he looks like a dork. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sure. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of the, the yellow and blue class like it's really kind of not- an eye right yeah 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 you know an omni man i like omni man's red and white with the the circle and the o and you know that that kind of works but the yellow and blue only works if you're you know old 90s x-men right. um, hey there we go yeah which maybe yeah, that's, that's what probably the inspiration to. mike yeah, I'm but not yeah. a huge fan of his his costume. I do like some of the des- the character designs for some of the minor characters. I think are really cool. Um, like even the members of the team, like Monster Girl, who like ages every time she becomes the mo- or she de ages every time she becomes the monster. She's the Incredible Hulk, a transforms into a green woman. monster. But there's <laughs> yeah. more of a fallout because of those powers. That is a cool take, Jacob. So yeah, there's some really creative like minor characters that are interesting more more so than invincible who's just kind of like has superman powers yeah his costume is kind of whack but it's i guess it's you know comics comics accurate to like his you know his costume from the comics oh it's dead on to that i like the name i'll be honest with you i like the joke that every time people are like well that's kind of hubris don't you think (laughs) like you're you're invincible and every episode is him getting his ass kicked fans keep saying well they really nerfed mark yeah, they keep using that term. Well, everybody's yeah. kind of nerfed on the show, if you think about it. Like, he's so powered down. He should be X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Does he get stronger after he gets his ass kicked? You know, the people ask questions like that. No, he's not Goku. You know, it is it <laughs> is the training angle. It's the fact that he's a young fuck-up, and he picks fights that he can't finish. That's cool. Right. And he, he kind of learns lessons from that. I do think when he was fighting with the Michael Dorn battle battle beast. lion or whatever yeah Fuck the battle beast um <laughs> he you know he's getting his ass kicked and then at a certain point you know he sees his friends dying or getting hurt really badly he taps into like a rage and he does seem to get maybe not stronger but just more uh you know in tune with his powers or something where he he kind of is able to like you know do some damage Jacob, you were saying the the time stream aliens, a rage we've seen Omni Man do when he went through the portal of their planet and killed right. a world. <laughs> you know, like it just oh. wordlessly destroyed an entire race of things. See, this yeah. show moves so fast, I forgot that he just went in there and pulled a Rick Sanchez and was like, This planet's yeah. fucked. And then he comes yeah. back like, Oh, what a day. He gets he has dinner with his family. <laughs> totally like, come right. I need a again, shower, he said. Yeah. That again, that's why it reminded me of uh, Rick and Morty so much but did we get a cameo uh, from rick and morty uh yeah justin Roiland did a voice too. uh in the last yeah, couple episode burps. yeah 
Yeah, he was the the drunk guy who got abducted. But then at the end, I think he's also one of the grave robbers that get uh, met up by the clones. But it was very Rick when he's like, I'm Gary fucking whatever, college (laughs) forever. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. So as much as we always say, the trouble with animated shows is they're always trying to be Rick and Morty. Uh, yes. That's still the case well, here, slightly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it too. I'll keep saying to what Jacob was just saying. That battle against the Battle Beast, where he, he he's getting stronger. He loses anyways. But then we smartly see the team coming together, get that great montage of them working together. But then Michael Dorn's disgust, and disgust of, oh, this is like pitiful. <laughs> it's just like, what a great <laughs> ending to be like, I'm above all this. Well, he's just, from yeah. his character, I just got that he basically just goes to different worlds and looks for like the strongest warrior that he can battle just for the hell his of it. His backstory is basically, what if a Thundercat was raised by Darkseid? He, he <laughs> is like a, you know, and yes, exactly what you're saying. Just a killer. Sure. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, Machine Head promised him that there's some good warriors. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll show up. And then I'm disappointed. Fucking losers. Right, I'm leaving. Right? It's no honor in defeating these babies. There's it's no like, honor. Okay. Yeah. Just a great nice voice. Up. That is the strongest yeah. episode because, yeah. And they, they even someone even calls him out like, oh, your name's Invincible. You seem pretty Vincible, which which I like that. <laughs> um, and he is very Vincible in all yeah, these. He He's constantly died. getting his ass kicked. and Constantly. Yeah, so you you do feel for him, even though he's the son of, you know, a Superman and he is invincible in theory. Like, it feels like he can almost die. Like, they really do a good job of putting him on the ropes. Um, right. Not just physically, but also, like, socially. Like, he's always kind of on the back foot and, like, learning everything from superhero to interpersonal relationships. He's not a part of the teen team, Mike. Nope. He, he didn't get a position with the new Guardians of the Globe either. He pretty much goes to Adam Eve for everything he needs to know about the superhero world. It's basically like if you were never allowed in another car and your dad, the best NASCAR driver of all time, was teaching you how to drive. <laughs> you know, it's just right. like, but I don't, I, I just, I need some sort of baseline for this. And I think that's just a great take. And yeah. I think, you know, he, you know, are his powers nerfed? He'll probably get stronger as he, as he learns more, right? And also the other thing is he's, half human, half Viltrumite. So he's, you know, compared to his dad's powers, I don't think he's ever going to be as strong he's as his dad. He's not Omni-Man. Yeah, he's, right. he's, you know, it's like if you were half Kryptonian, you wouldn't be as strong as a full Kryptonian. Well, in um, Dragon Ball Z, I think half Saiyans can actually technically get stronger so than full Saiyans. Dragon Ball. Oh. But um, that, correct me if I'm wrong, fans, that could be. But um, I think now we're in an interesting place for the last two episodes where Mark is, along with Adam Lee, are like questioning whether they want to do the superhero thing. The toll it's taking, we're, we're right at that Spider-Man 2 point of, you know, I got to give up totally. everything that I want for this. No one's grateful. I'm getting my ass kicked. I'm putting people in danger. You know, fuck it. You know, this is too much. And... So he's at that crossroads as well as Adam Lee. And we're going to see what decision he makes, especially if he's ever confronted with the truth about his father. It might push him into action is what I'm kind of uh, predicting. Hopefully nothing happens to his mom. I, I would think that Omni-Man will hopefully not harm his wife, but I would not put it past him because he seems like a psycho. <laughs> yeah. And I just appreciate it. it's a different take on, you know, the boys did. What if Superman was like a sociopath who was, you know, created in a lab that has like no human emotions or whatever. That's very interesting, but this is all, this is different. It's a different evil Superman take, but it's, you know, he has a purpose. He has a plan that he's enacting. Um, I think it's interesting to see where it goes. And also the family complicates things. So I think uh, it will be like an ideological thing between, you know, is Mark going to side with his mom or his dad, the humans or, you know, the bad guys. So, I'm looking forward it's kind to of the Guardians of the Galaxy it. two, right, Jacob? We get right, that totally, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and so, he, yeah. yeah, I just want to learn the motivations, which we will. I mean, Omni Man claims to have volunteered. There's like a program of uh, you know sending protectors to planets, right? Well, did he volunteer out of you know goodwill, or is there an ulterior motive? You know, right? Yeah, I think there's definitely Light more to the filter lights than uh, you know we're led to believe a pretty good guess. And that is a scary concept. Imagine if you couldn't talk to your father about the world he was from, like the wife says, you haven't talked about the Viltrumites since you have been here, since I have known you. And he's like, well, you know, this fucking dumbass kid of mine is kind of the only one I can share this with. Not necessarily that he's even saying that he's the last of his kind, all a Superman, but he is alone in the world. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, spoilers for HBO's The Undoing, but if um, your husband doesn't talk to his family at all, there's a chance he might be a murderer. So Ooh, watch out, wow. Nicole Kidman's of the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's just a general for all you Nicole Kidman's out there. <laughs> all you. Um, I'll jump in with my final thoughts and just say, I like this comic book a lot. It's one I never held up that much as a kid because as a young person, I do think I was kind of bugged by the, hey, you know, that guy's Batman. His name is Tech Man. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking whatever. Yeah. But now I can kind of see some some just some intelligence behind that now when I'm in this world of these things are such gods you know, that, that everybody on the planet is like, oh, we have to, oh, it, we, it's time for the new Superman and, and Zack Snyder's Justice League and what will it be like and all this. It's like, no, I, I can very much relax on something that's not taking itself too seriously. Uh, and my complaints with Falcon and Winter the Soldier, where I go, you know, every episode feels like it stops at the wrong point where it's mm. just like, well, I kind of wish they'd wrap this up last week when this meant more. Or, you know, now Carly doesn't have an action scene in this one. So it's weird that you're talking about her as the bad guy so much. I don't have those pacing issues with with Invincible, the show. I have these ones where I'm worried that I'm not going to get the whole Sunday with the nuts and the cherry and the whipped cream. I might just get the ice cream and the fudge, but it's still pretty good. Like, it's still fucking pretty tasty, I got to say. So, that's me. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, I've really enjoyed the show so far. And I think, you know, it really does need to rely on word of mouth to, to spread because I probably would worried, dude. Yeah I, yeah, I probably wouldn't even have tried you know checked out the series but uh you know colin you told me i should so i i watched it and i enjoyed it so definitely if this sounds interesting to you check it out um because it might be you know relying on as many people watching it as possible to maybe get a season two or, or beyond so um i definitely would would like to see more of it and i like where it's going so i'm just going to uh keep watching yep same thing yeah check it out if you like it spread the word about it that's Probably the only way something this niche will survive to a season two if the story warrants it. And I, I've been enjoying it a lot. And I'm not someone who watches, you know, the DC animated films. You know, not since Mask of the Phantasm have I right. thrown one of those on. No. You know, so it's, it's been a while for me, but it, it's um, it's really got its hooks in me. And, and Mike, I'm impressed after by it. episode two, if we weren't doing a, a pod on this, if I had just said, you got to check out Invincible, you got to check out Invincible. Would you have kept going? Oh, Absolutely. I nice. have not watched Mighty Ducks since that episode. <laughs> hey, guys, I got to be honest with you. Normies, I will not be finishing Mighty Ducks. <laughs> no. well, I got to see what happens to <laughs> Lauren Graham and the, the hockey team. No, no, no. But this show, you know, probably on a whatcha, we'll, we'll be able to come back and, and wrap maybe, up our thoughts about the finale. Maybe. Probably not Mighty Ducks, though. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Agree with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I hope it gets you know. That's I hope our it gets new season two. Agree with that. Mighty Ducks. Agree with normies. That. Please check it out. Uh, please. If it sounds like anything you're interested in. I think you'll like it. And uh, you know, I've always liked to see more original, uh, you know, content like this. That's not you know based on. I mean, it is based on something, right? But the thing it's based on is original, I guess. So it's not a uh, you know a legacy. Uh, superhero like DC or Marvel type thing. Like the big two. It's niche. You know, I wonder how many downloads we'll get on this one because Normies, this is this is one where we are pointing you towards this. We we want this to be a little more normie. We want you to check it out. I Mm -hmm. want you to know a little trivia like that all the trade paperbacks are named after sitcoms like Perfect Strangers, Eight is Enough or the first one, Family Matters including the principal in the show, Reginald Val Johnson from the TV show Family Matters or from Die right. Hard. You know, I, I no love way. shit like that. So, all right. Did they do that with the um, episode names? The episode I, names no, are No, because instead, too. like, it looks, it's like they take lines from the comics, like the line, you look mostly dead. That, that was the last one for oh, the zombie that's right. one. Is just no, a line like, from okay, the comics. Okay, that hurt. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the fun fact that, yeah, 
their their uh, high school is called Reginald Vell Johnson High School, and then their their <laughs> principal is played by uh, voiced voiced by Reg, Reginald Vell Johnson. And in the forward. comics, it looks like him too. It's just a funny thing that you know Robert Kirkman does for himself. I'm sure right. he loves Die Hard to death. So I don't know. It's weird, <laughs> normies. Awesome. Check it out. Check out Invincible. Check out our other episodes. Check out uh, our socials at normies underscore like underscore us. You can reach out and say, well, I, I watched Invincible and yeah, it's got to get a season two or no, I fucking hate that comic book. It's dumb. <laughs> well, let us know. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, we've been your hosts. This is Omni Colin. Monster Mike. This is, uh, uh, what was I before? Jake Splode. Jake Splode. <laughs> Jake Splode. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Normies. Bye. Bye. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.